and thank you for tuning in. This is Eddie. And this is Miguel. And you're listening to the God Life Culture Podcast. Yes, I have to say I am super excited that we're doing this. I think it's super necessary. It's very important. And I don't know, I just were a couple of episodes in yeah. and I feel that this is going to be something really great. Yeah, I'm feeling very excited also. And as we continue to do more episodes, we begin uh, to become a little bit more comfortable um, and not only sharing our opinions, uh, feeling uh, at ease with the fact yeah. that we have people like you guys listening to us uh, and hearing our discussion and our opinions. And we hope that uh, you guys are following along and also enjoying the ride with us. Yeah, I mean, and even just setting everything up it's yeah. getting a lot easier. Yeah. It's, you know, not taking us 45 minutes. <laughs> We're now down to like 20. Yeah, so that's a good thing. Um, but yeah, each and every time we do this, it just gets better. So that's good. Growth is Absolutely. good. So how are you doing? I am doing awesome. Um, we're getting to that time of year where uh, things start to pick up in church and it gets a little crazy. We have uh, events and stuff happening. Um, spring. Easter. Easter. Uh, spring is just upon us. So the weather hopefully will get a lot better. For those of you that don't know, uh, we're recording out here in New York. Uh, and winters in New York can be brutal sometimes. With nor'easters every other week, right? Yeah, that's We've been through that. Basically, uh, we have uh, uh, they're threatening a couple of uh, inches of snow hitting us later tonight. Uh, mm-hmm. So we're hoping that that nor'easter kind of like goes in. And a by the time direction. you listen to this, it's probably going to be nice and sunny. It yeah. won't be snowing. We would have digged ourselves currently. Up by then. <laughs> currently, that's what we're experiencing for. Hoping for a snow day tomorrow. That schools are closed. But yeah. Yeah. But what about you? How's everything with you? Uh, I'm good. I am actually excited because I started, you know, promotion and releasing things for my new poetry album. The second one, it's called I Didn't Die. And um, I'm super excited about this. The journey has been a long one, a different one. But I am really hoping that uh, people just enjoy the messages that I have and, you know, the experiences that I'm sharing. And we'll maybe do a podcast where I can talk a little bit more about that in the future. But Yeah, that's exciting. So getting everything ready for that and for like a release concert and all of that. So it's super cool. I'm excited about that. Good, good. And we're excited to uh, hear it. How many tracks are you going to have on this production? Yeah, well, there's 11 on this one. Um, Something that makes it different from the last one is that everything was recorded live. Nice. So last project had a lot of computer sounds and, Mm -hmm. you know, everything was through the computer. This time we actually have live drums, live guitars and strings and all of that. So it's great. I'm super excited for everyone to hear it. Yes, definitely. Can't wait for that. And we have a really great topic that we're going to be talking about today. Um, It's a topic that we both are very passionate about and have a lot of opinions. Um, You actually sent me an article um, that's titled couple of articles couple one of them were titled that is true uh one of them about 12 reasons why millennials leave the church and it's crazy because i was having a conversation with a good friend of mine who um every once in a while has these um get-togethers at coffee shops and they have like bible studies um and they speak about the word and things that are going on this day and age Uh, and i was picking her brain in reference to uh topics that come up in discussion uh, during these Bible studies. Um, and one of the things that, w- that she brought to my attention was that uh, a lot of uh, people that are around our age group, you know, 20s, 30s, 20-year-olds, uh, 30-year-olds, um, a lot of the people we grew up with in church are no longer attending church. Uh, so, uh, which is something that we've, he- we've heard, you know, a couple of articles and stuff that's been going on for a couple of years yeah, now. I mean, thinking back, you know, to those 
who were in church when I was, you know, growing up as a youth. I mean, I'm still young, but, yeah. uh, you know, teen years, there's not many who, you know, have remained and have, have stood yeah. and are still, uh, and are still here with us, regardless if it's, you know, the, my church or just, yeah. you know, any church, um, in general. I mean, how about you thinking back? What yeah. Think? Thinking back, it's, it's, it's kind of scary in a way because, um, you know, and I, and I get that people go through their, um, through their journeys and people may, you know, stray away for a little bit, but always wind up finding their way back. Uh, but when I think about like the youth group I grew up with, a big chunk of them are no longer serving the Lord. Um, so I started to dig and see, uh, like what were the articles saying? But another thing that I love to do is to scroll down to the comment section and see what the people are saying. Uh, cause sometimes the articles will hit certain points of view. Uh, but there's always two sides to every story. Yeah. So you would see the, the comments that people had to say and either the rebuttals or the agreements, uh, with whatever, uh, the authors were saying, uh, one of the, the reasons why, uh, they this article uh, were saying or a couple of things that I was reading online was saying also was that the reason why millennials are leaving the church is because no one is listening to them. What do you think about that? Like no one is listening to them. I mean, I think this is tough. This is a you know tough conversation to have because, you know, it, people are very sensitive and we yeah. are very, um, you know, I include myself in this. I include you that, you know, we care about, you know, certain things. We're very passionate about certain things. Um, we have feelings, we have emotions. So this conversation is in no way, shape or form to hurt anyone's feelings yes. or to disqualify your emotions and what you've been through. Everyone's experience is very different and everyone kind of goes through their own process and their own journey. So we're just going to be sharing our thoughts about this, but nobody's listening to us. Um, I think that's something that, everyone encounters they may mm -hmm. feel as if they're alone they may feel as if no one really understands them or yeah. relates to them mm -hmm. and a lot of these points that this article you know brought up this being the first one i feel as if there are issues and battles that are not only found in the church but yes. stem from other places and stem from you know they have different roots. It's okay. not necessarily all coming from the church. I feel that if there's an individual in a church who feels as if they're not being listened to, that they have no voice or they can't express their opinions, you know, I feel like there are a lot of different factors that can go into that. Are you pursuing, you know, for your voice to be heard? Are you taking, you know, proactive steps to ensure that that happens? You know, is it that you are a shy person, that you're more introverted? Yes. So a lot of things you hold in and you don't really express those things. So I, I do believe that there are those that are in the church who feel this way. Mm -hmm. But I do believe that they may also feel this way in other areas of their lives. You're talking about security, like at work, right? Or at, school, at work, at, home. at school, you know, within their families. Yeah. They just feel that way, you know, naturally. Or maybe they just feel that way in all these other places. But... It's super easy, I guess you can say, to express it and express these feelings in relation to the church. Yes, I agree. I can see where the church is an easy scapegoat, where uh, we want to blame the church for everything. Um, but I do think that it is quite important for churches to create opportunities uh, for people's voices to be heard. 
uh, whether it is that uh, you're sending out surveys or you're having meetings or, you know, get togethers and, you know, checking in, whether it's your youth group um, and you're giving them the opportunity to speak, uh, to give their opinions, uh, to share ideas. I think that leaders uh, should have that as part of their um, as part of their toolkit to, you know, check in with the youth or to check in with the members of the church. Hey, how you doing? You know, we have an event coming up. You know, do you have any good ideas or, you know, hey, did you know, we're, we're planning on doing some things different this year. Do you have any, you know, tips you want to give us? Uh, but I do also go back and agree with you as well, because I have been part of meetings, many meetings where the opportunity is given for individuals to speak to share their ideas, to share their opinions, to give advice or or whatever, and they don't take those opportunities. Um, but then I've also heard, heard those same individuals say, no one's listening to me. But right. it's like, we're giving you the opportunity to talk and you don't take the opportunity, uh, but then you want to complain that we're not giving you the opportunity to right. talk. And I mean, to play devil's advocate, a lot of times, you know, they can turn around and say things like, well, it's because I'm, you know, I'm scared or I'm, I'm, I'm fearful of, <laughs> you know, what they're going to say. Yeah. Or they always shoot down other people's ideas. They're going to shoot my idea down mm -hmm. or I'm going to say something, but I know they're not going to implement it. I know they're not going to do anything about it. So I'll just hold it in and bottle it, bottle it in. Yeah. You know, but I think that's the wrong thing to do. Um, you know, and I think that also going back to the leaders of the church, if you um, you have to be per perceptive, I think that's the word and being able to tell the different personalities of the people in your group. So if you know that there are individuals that are more shy than others, don't address them in a group setting. Go up to them one on one. Be like, hey, you know, I noticed you didn't say anything at the meeting. You know, do you have anything to contribute? Do you have anything to add? What do you think? Yeah. And also for those who may feel this way, that no one's listening or that no one cares, you know, take proactive steps to put yourself out there. Absolutely. If they're asking for volunteers, sign up. If they're asking yeah. for, you know, we need a, we're taking a, we're having a survey. We need a few people to give their thoughts and opinions. Sign up. Take the survey. Yes. You know, be proactive and move. Be active in that, you know, because and in doing that, you'll find that your voice will start absolutely. being heard. Listen, and you're and you're listening to the voice of a of a of an individual who grew up super shy. I was a kid who, because of life uh, reasons, which maybe we'll hit in another podcast, uh, felt like I didn't have a voice. I remember many many years ago, I was given the opportunity to be part of a radio a radio program, a youth radio program, and um, that was being aired every Saturday, and I barely spoke. The opportunity was given to me to speak, to share my ideas, uh, but because of the fears that I had, because of uh, being scared that I was going to say the wrong thing or sound dumb or uh, whatever it was, I always held myself back. Uh, but it was, uh, I had a breakthrough in my life, which uh, once again, we'll keep that for another <laughs> podcast episode. <laughs> uh, but it was because I decided to take a leap of faith and be like, you know what? My opinion does matter now. Yeah. I do want to prefix that with saying that um, I did have to mold that area in my character uh, because it uh, became uh, this sense of entitlement where, you know what, my opinion doesn't matter. So I'm going to say what I want to say and I'm going to say how I say it, regardless if people like it. And I had to reel that back a little and understand that there is a way to deliver your message. Yeah, and I was going to mention that earlier that I think that these feelings and emotions, you know, not just this one, but the other points we're going to bring up. 
if they're not dealt with and expressed the right way can create a little bit of rebellion in yes. people where you know I've always felt that no one listened to me so now I'm just going to say how I feel yes. whenever I you know want to say it however I want to say it I don't care who I hurt in the process yes. and all of that stems from a very insecure person yeah. you know or someone who you know the church is way too clicky there are too many clicks in the church so I'm just yeah. going to not have any friends I'm just going to go there and leave yes again that rebellion is rooted in something deeper. Yes, absolutely. So and I just think that's something that we have to be careful about as well. Absolutely, because those are things that the enemy would take advantage of and will make you paranoid. Even when there's nothing going around that's about you, he will make you be like, look at that person. Look, they, they blink twice. They're blinking twice at you. They don't like you. And you start to become super mega paranoid around the people in your church where you think they don't like you or that they're talking about you, they're whispering. And they're absolutely not doing that. But because you've ingrained that within yourself that no one cares about what you have to say. So that equates to nobody likes you, which equates to nobody loves you. You're unimportant. You let those things brainwash you. And all of a sudden now everything around you uh, is about you in a negative way. Yeah. And again, is that the church's fault or is that just you being an insecure person and having yes. to work at overcoming that insecurity? Yes, but I will say that is also the church's responsibility to be able to identify that. When that situation is happening, it is the church's responsibility to reach out to them and be like, hey, we noticed that there's a separation. Or, hey, we noticed that, you know, you don't come to our outings or to our get-togethers and where we're fellowshipping. Um, and to uh, extend that olive branch, if you want to say. Now, it is also up to the, uh, uh, the individual to take in the offering um because you know we're here saying hey what's going on let's talk but you want to be in your rebellious mindset and be like no i don't got to talk to nobody then you're not helping yourself uh but it is important i do want to i do want to lay that out there that because uh, i don't want no one to feel um that we're putting the blame on you completely right you know it's not it's true it's not always your fault it is sometimes um the mistake of the leadership of the church where they aren't doing the necessary steps to reach out to you. But if you are in a situation where leaders are reaching out to you, reach back out to them. Yeah. Take advantage of that opportunity and um, definitely just express how you feel and, and be honest. If you have good leaders and if you have yeah. a great pastor and people who are led by God truly, they will understand and they will Absolutely. do whatever they can do within the parameters that are allowed yeah. to accommodate you or to make you feel more welcomed. But it's a team effort. Right. Like if they're putting in 100, you have to put in 100 as well. Um, it can't be that I'm just going to, you know, stay here as dead weight and you're going to have to drag me and figure it out on your own. No, it's a team effort. Everything we do in life is a team effort. Everything we do in the church is also a team effort. The, uh, the differences between what's happening in the outside world and what's happening in the inside world is that aside from having a leadership team that is here to help you and lift you up, you also have a God who would be there and give you that strength spiritually so that when the leaders, you know, are, you know, we as humans only have a certain uh, max that we can reach. But once we hit our max, God then jumps in and helps us push through and help you, whichever it is, that you, whatever it is that you need help in. Yeah, definitely. The article goes on to say we're sick of hearing about values and mission statements. And I mm. thought this point was very interesting. Yeah. I understand what the writer was trying to say. 
you know he go he says um we're not impressed with hours with the hours you brag about spending behind closed doors wrestling with christianese words on a paper you know so referencing either a preacher or a pastor who preaches and uses a lot of christianese words you know terminology what's an example of a christianese right like fight the good fight let's break down the walls you know what's something else christianese that people you know constantly constantly saying right like (laughs) there are a bunch of phrases and sayings that we say and it's like do you really know what it means and this was something i was challenged with you know as a sunday school teacher as well teaching uh ages 12 through 15 right before they enter your class yes you know um a lot of times i would use some of these phrases and some of these ideas and i'd realize that then they would pick it up and start saying it as well mm-hmm. so when certain things that i would require for them to do or like a small assignment or something they would use a lot of these phrases and i remember one time just stopping and asking well what do you mean when you say open the floodgates of heaven yeah like that you want god to open the floodgates of heaven what does that mean and the person couldn't answer me mm. because again it's something that everyone says it's a popular phrase but we really don't understand what it means mm-hmm. so i think it is important that if we're using this terminology if we're using these phrases and sounding very preachy or christianese which sometimes we're guilty of Mm -hmm. we have to make sure that we are explaining it effectively that it's not just a term we're coining and just putting it out there and that's it but that when people speak and use those phrases or say you know the bible verses it could even be a bible verse Mm -hmm. you know everyone can you know knows in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth that can be a famous bible verse yes but can you really get something out of that you know that the first few words of this book is in the beginning god like it starts with him can you get you know to that place where you really analyze things and know what you're talking about and why we use these phrases why we say these things so i think it's something that millennials do feel that they're not so much impressed with words yeah, and I think that uh, you're hitting it on the head where it comes that it is the speaker's responsibility to explain what they're saying. Um, I think that because it is it is it is a part of our culture. This, if you want to coin it the way that it was presented, this Christianese. Um, there are phrases, you know, when someone says "God is good," somebody yells all the time, all the time. God is good, which is awesome because those are things that are part of our culture. But you do have to be aware that there is the uh, high possibility that there's someone in the in the audience that has no idea what that means. And instead of you, because I've seen this many times happen, where the preacher is like, "Oh, you guys don't get it." Oh, that went over your head. Oh, it's you know that's that's too deep for you. Like, no, it's your job as a speaker to explain it to us. Yes, the Holy Spirit is there to help us um, interpret the revelation that God has given you. But it's also your your responsibility as a speaker to make sure that the people that you're speaking with are understanding what you're saying. Yeah, and you know, clearing up the whole mission and uh, vision statement that is something that is very necessary in our church. In a church, you know, to have. A clear vision a clear mission what we're doing why we're doing it that is very necessary i mean i think to my students i'm you know a high school english teacher and i think you know every year from i mean seventh grade we can just take it from there they learn grammar 
They learn yeah. the parts of speech, nouns, adjectives, verbs. They have to go through that. So every year they know they're going through it. And every year they always ask the teacher, why are we learning this? We learned this last year. <laughs> why do we have to take out time to write this paper? We did it last year. Yeah. And my response is until you get it 100% and everything is correct, mm -hmm. then we can't stop teaching it. Absolutely. There's a reason for it, you know, and with the mission and vision statement of a church until we as a church begin to act out the mission yes. and the vision, then it's important to remind ourselves and go back to it. Yeah. You know, and, and the thing is that it's also very easy to get caught up in the 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 um the ins and the outs of events and this is going on and that's going on and you know the, there are many different things that happen uh in a year within a church um and it's very easy to get distracted with things that are happening within the four walls of the church that maybe part of your mission statement has stuff to do with outside of the four walls of the church but because uh it's something that's not in the forefront of your mind where we are repeating or we're saying you know and it's not that every day 24 hours a day we're repeating this is what our mission statement is but it is sometimes important to remind people like yes what we're doing inside the church is awesome but we also have a mission outside of the church that we're supposed to be doing as well so let's make sure that we are actually doing those things yeah i definitely agree so again we're not knocking the mission statements we're you know or knocking those who may feel that mission statements and vision statements are too heavily focused on in the church mm -hmm. but again you know it's important it's necessary and you know one of the things in just reading this that i know millennials are about you know we're millennials yeah so we agree with some of these things and have yeah. our thoughts on it you know it's the whole mentality of you have to be about it yeah it's not just you know the christianese language not just saying you know god is our provider have you ever been in a situation where you needed him to provide for you? Which I'm pretty sure you have. Now, that's what you should be speaking about. The situation right. where you've been in, where God has shown up as your provider. Right. You know, and you have to walk it, yeah. you know, the same way you talk it. You yeah, know, absolutely. it's like, you know what, if I'm saying that, you know, God is my everything. I'm saying that God has restored me. I'm saying that God is a healer. Where in my life has he done these things? Absolutely. And sometimes God has done it and you forget. Yes. And you have to actually sit down and think about, like, snap, like, he has come through for me. He has yes. provided for me in these ways, yeah. you know? So that's something that, you know, is very important as well. Authenticity yep. is something that everyone, millennials, you know, those who are older, even children, mm -hmm. desire. They want people, when they speak, to speak from a real place, to be transparent, to be open. And this is something that I relate to so much because... You know, I felt growing up in church and growing up in, you know, the things of the Lord and growing, I've been in church all my life, like the way they say, but this was something that I struggled with. I felt as if I always had to be at 100. I always needed to be in victory. That's another phrase we use. <laughs> yeah. I always had to be blessed and highly favored. Yes. I had to always be, you know, strengthened and empowered. Yes. And I remember growing up feeling so exhausted because of that, yeah. where I always had to be the better person, mm -hmm. you know, not in a prideful way, but just in a way of, you know, can't let nobody see me sweat, can't let nobody, yes. you know, know that I'm actually really tired, that I really don't want to do this, that I don't want to be here. And you become two different people, mm -hmm. you know, and the dangers, you know, that's another great topic we can talk about in the future, but you know, there are a lot of dangers and repercussions that come with that, Absolutely. you know, when you kind of, uh, become that 
you know, two people. So authenticity is something that everyone looks for, especially millennials. We want to make sure that if you're speaking to us, you're speaking to us from a place of experience, Yes. that it's beyond words, but that you've been through something. Yeah. And I think that that's with authenticity. What happens is that when people are always um, so jolly <laughs> about life and what's going on, um, you lose the relatability factor mm -hmm. and the human factor. Um, you know, uh, growing up, no one ever told me you, you always have to say you're in victory, but um, indirectly they would because right. no one would ever be like, you know, I had a hard day this week or, you know, I am actually tired or, you know, I'm going through some tough situation. Like it was never like those conversations never happened. It was always, yeah, I'm in victory. Yeah, I'm in victory. So when there were days that I was going through my mess, or I was going through my situation, I didn't feel comfortable sharing that with anyone because I felt that they don't go through that the same mm -hmm. way that I go through. So there's there's no way that anyone is going to understand or be able to relate to my situation and what I'm going through. Um, so that's why I think it's so important uh, for us to be able to, you know, yes, you don't want to be a negative Nancy. You don't want to be the dark cloud in the room that's always going through something that's always right. draining the life and the energy out of the room. But it is OK to be going through situations because as humans, we do go through our stuff. Yeah. And also having the balance of we want to be authentic. We want to be yeah. real and transparent. But there are things oh, that. Yes. You shouldn't share with everyone, <laughs> yeah, you know, like true. don't share too much. Like there are certain situations where it's like, all right, that was too much information. TMI. <laughs> like you yeah. could have kept that to yourself. Yes. <laughs> we could talk about that later yes. or, you know, so you also have to be wise and yes. you may not want to expose yourself like that, yeah. you know, in front of a church congregation, yes, you absolutely. know, right before you lead them in worship, you oh, know, yes. but maybe <laughs> one on one with someone, someone yes. you trust, a leader or something like that. You know, the Bible does say confessing your sins to one another, mm -hmm. which a lot of times we have difficulty doing. Yes. But again, being careful with what you share and mm -hmm. authenticity is very important, but again, balanced. Yeah. And being wise about you, you have to be wise with everything you do in this world. Um, so that even goes with who you share your thoughts with, or who you share your emotions with, or who you share what you're going through with, uh, because not that there are, yes, there are people that maybe would use that against you or twist your words, stuff like that, whatever, but not everyone is equipped to, take in what you're saying and being able to digest it and leave that conversation there. There's people that, you know, you, sh you open yourself up to them and they take that with them. And now they're feeling down and now they're feeling, yeah. you know, the baggage over them and they aren't able to process that information. Or they're not mature enough to look at you and put that to the side of what you just yes. told them. And oh, they look yeah. at you and now they look at everything you just said. Yes. And their whole view of you and image is misconstrued and messed yes. up. So that's something we have to be careful about. Yes, that's true. One of the other topics that was hit, uh, which was uh, the, what they said was helping the poor isn't a priority. Um, and a statement that he said that we both found very interesting was uh, stop creating more Bible studies and Christian activities. Communities happen uh, happens best in services with a shared purpose. And not services, but service. Service, sorry. Yeah, because there is that difference. I think that's what he's trying to make clear here. Yeah. That it's not about the church service, mm -hmm. but about the service that you, what you do, do, what yes. you do, what yes. you're about, you know, and this is something that, again, I wrote down as soon as I read this balance, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. because at the end of the day, I feel, I know a lot of, you know, young Christian men and women who 
you know, go to a variety of different types of churches and mm -hmm. denominations and, you know, uh, whether they're Spanish Pentecostal, you know, or Baptist. And everyone kind of has their own little culture of how they do things and yes. ways that they do things. Yeah. And for us, maybe our Bible studies in the Spanish Pentecostal realm is Sunday school. Yeah. You know, with those churches that still have Sunday school, there are a lot of churches that don't, don't do, do that, that anymore. anymore. There's even do churches a, that do Bible studies during the week. Like, right. In the yeah. evening, like a midweek yeah. Bible study. I know of a lot of uh, churches who don't have Bible studies in the church, but they have people get together in their homes at mm -hmm. coffee shops, almost like what you mentioned before. Yeah. And they'll go through books of the Bible. And I mean, that's great. Whatever works for you, your congregation, you know, your people, you know what works. But. To say stop creating Bible studies and stop, you know, creating more Christian activities, that's something that we have to be very careful about and it needs to be very balanced. Yeah, absolutely. Because, yes, community, this is a word that's used a lot when referencing the church. You know, we need to have community, you know, a group of people that you go through this life with that can help you, encourage you, uplift you. And yes, we can have community where we go out and visit nursing homes, yeah. hospitals. We give food to the homeless. We participate, you know, in different community events and we serve in that aspect. But my question is, are we only going to be serving to their physical need mm -hmm. or do we want to reach beyond the physical need and reach their spiritual need, Absolutely. their spiritual, you know, thirst that they have? Yes. It's one thing for you to give someone shoes mm -hmm. and give someone a meal and in the moment, they're satisfied. But what happens later on when their situation stays the same, yes. they don't have their next meal, and they don't know that there's a God out there who loves them, that still has a plan, that can take them out of that situation, that can give them hope. You know, I mean, what do you think about that? I mean, it's, I think it's very true. We have to uh, be able to equip everyone with the ability. Uh, number one, it is our job as servants of the Lord, uh, servants of God, to be servants. Yes, we have to be willing and able to go out there and help everyone that's in need. But we also have to be equipped for what we may encounter. You know, I know people that have gone and done, um, like back in the day, uh, we used to do what we used to call peanut butter and jelly day, which is that we would do, uh, we would pack a whole bunch of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and we'll wrap them up and put like little Bible verses on them and get these water, bi water bottles and put labels on them with like a Christian verse, something encouraging. Um, and we would give this out in the community. You know, and there'll be some people that will take it and keep moving, but then there'll be others that would take it, stop, and then have a conversation with you about what they're going through or their difficult situation. Or they would ask you, can you pray for me? I'm going through something. Um, and if you aren't, if you don't have the tools necessary to be able to speak to this person effectively and to share with them the love of God and also share with them the word of God, then that's a missed opportunity because, yeah, you gave them food and, you know, they you made their belly feel good for a couple of hours. Uh, but when we can spiritually feed people and spiritually heal them or spiritually, you know, give them an energy boost, that's something that will ca carry them a lot more further than a sandwich will. Right. I mean, and if you're one of those millennials who may feel this way, maybe your church, you know, is heavily involved inside the four walls and everything is a Bible study, you know, Bible, you know, uh, studies within groups or individuals or a worship service and everything is just in the four walls of the church. Yeah. And you may be feeling like it's not enough. We need to do more Then be the person to go to the leader, go yes. to someone who will listen and tell them, you know what? Maybe this week we learned, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. 
you know, what that says in Mark. Well, what can we do to mm -hmm. actually bring this to life and make yeah. it relatable to us? What can we do to show that we're loving our neighbors the way we love ourselves? Absolutely. So be that person to go out there and to set up a committee and, you know, speak to the right leader that can do this and, you know, let your voice be heard. Absolutely. And you can even go as simple as, um, you know what, instead of us having our Bible study in church today, let's go to the Starbucks up the block. Let's have our Bible study there. Right. Because and think about all of those who will see you having yes. a Bible study who may yeah. ask you, hey, what you are know, you guys doing? What are you doing? I mean, I've never been to a Starbucks or Panera or any place like that where I've walked in and seen a group of young people with Bibles and notebooks at a table. Yeah, I haven't seen that. And I think that that's something super important in that really gives off a strong message absolutely you know that it's not only in the church but also outside the church and it's also creating opportunities for you to be in a place where you can encounter people that you wouldn't encounter in the four walls of the church you know sometimes it's something as simple as that not that you have to go up to random strangers and be like hey do you want to hear about jesus today like sometimes just putting yourself out there and god himself will create the opportunities for you to cross paths with them so that you can have those conversations but in order to have those conversations effectively you do have to be educated you do have to know about the word you do need to have bible studies you do need to have the tools necessary to to preach life into these individuals. I mean, another popular thing that you can do, I mean, I do it all the time is, you know, Christian apparel, whether it's a hat, oh, yeah. whether it's a shirt, you know, but this happened to me, true story. I was wearing a shirt and you really, by looking at the shirt, you couldn't tell it was like, had a Christian message or anything, but the on the shirt, it said Damascus is a place of encounter. Mm. So for someone who doesn't know that story, doesn't know, it's, it's just like, what is that? Where's Damascus? Someone asked me that question. Damascus, what is that? A place of encounter. And if I didn't know the story, <laughs> if I didn't know, you know, there was a man named Saul in the Bible who, you know, had an experience with God on his way to Damascus, on the road to Damascus, God transformed his life. How am I going to be able to explain that? Absolutely. You know, the most embarrassing thing as someone who claims to be a Christian yes. is to be confronted with a question like that yep. of something that you have on, you know, and not have a response. Yes. So it is important to have that balance. We do need Bible studies. We yes. need you know, these events where we're learning and we hear good word and great messages. We need that. Now, the other part of that is what are we going to do with this? What are we going to do with this knowledge? What are we going to do with everything that we just received? Absolutely. And another uh, excuse or reason as to why um, a lot of millennials say that they uh, have abandoned or left the church is because they're tired of the churches blaming the culture with uh, whether it be blame, uh, blaming the type of music that's being listened to, uh, blaming to what's going on in social media or in pop culture. I remember uh, in my generation uh, when MySpace first came out, um, you know, in our Spanish Pentecostal churches, <laughs> MySpace era del diablo. Right. You know, it was like, you're going to go to hell for being on MySpace or MySpace is a tool of the devil and he's just trying to distract you and he's trying to take you, you know, away. And that's funny because in my growing up in that period, it was the opposite. Everybody was on it. Oh, yes. After. But <laughs> it was never really said that it was of the devil yeah. or that message. But... So many friendships and relationships were tested and yeah. put through the fire because of MySpace. Mm -hmm. So it became almost such a negative thing mm -hmm. where I don't think people related it to like the devil. Yeah. But 
it just created this whole idea of MySpace and social media, like who's on the top friends. I mean, MySpace had that, like you oh, could yes. rearrange the friends. And then if you got mad at somebody, they'd why, go down to number, number eight. <laughs> I was number three last week when yeah. I didn't do anything. So again, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that was what was happening. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, there is truth to that things that do happen in our culture. Um, we can't allow it to trickle in and take dominance within our church uh, because we can even see that with social media, where social media is an awesome tool that we can use to preach the word of God, uh, to share events that are happening, to, you know, share maybe a service or, or a concert that's happening in your church and you put it on live stream and it can reach people around the world. That is awesome. But when social media is not used correctly, it's very dangerous uh, because like you were mentioning before, back in the day with MySpace, why am I not on your top five? And, you know, that begins to create strife within uh, the youth or the members of the church or, you know, because those are, you know, little things that the enemy will use to create pettiness amongst one another. Uh, then we also have that now you're at... And even maybe going back to those individuals that felt like they didn't have a voice in their church, social media can be kind of dangerous as well uh, because we have people that maybe they felt that they weren't wanted in their church, but because of the ability to have social media and to reach out to anyone across the world, they make connections with people that they shouldn't necessarily be making connections with. And then uh, they become, you know, uh, um, victims of things that may happen, um, whether it's predatorial or whether it is you know you made this fake um friendship with someone and you got catfished and that's not even the person that you were right. you thought you were speaking to um and we see a lot of people that get that dive into this electronic world where they stop existing in the real world because they feel that their life is so much better with what's happening in their electronic world right and the thing is that they make it known mm. so it's not something that just happens you know unfortunately social media you can you know participate in it and use it outside of the four walls of the church but you know in your homes and all of that but it will still affect you in ways that you probably won't notice mm -hmm. where you're seeking validation from a like or a yeah. follow and all of that that will reflect mm -hmm. in other areas of your life so i definitely agree that a lot of times the church does put blame on the culture yeah. And I do feel it's because many of the leaders or pastors in some cases are not culturally aware of a lot of the things that are happening. So for you to say social media is, you know, something of the devil, don't participate in that, don't, you know, mess around with that. For you to say a statement like that, I know that you're not educated on what social media is because Absolutely. that's not true. Yes. Now, that's not to say for some people social media is a downfall and they need to stay away from it because yes. that could also be the case. But speaking Absolutely. in general terms here, I do feel it's important for the church, whether it's, you know, the pastor, the leadership to be culturally aware of what's happening and make sure that they're relevant, you yeah. know, that they understand the new things that are out in technology, the new apps that are out that mm -hmm. a lot of their young people could be participating in yes. and, you know, falling into traps, you know, whether they're sending pictures of themselves that they shouldn't be sending or having conversations with strangers or, you know, I mean, there's a new app now. I mean, it's not a new concept, but it's now in an app form where you video chat random people. And, you know, unfortunately, students of mine were the ones telling me about this app and different things that they've encountered in that app. Yeah, and again, that's something that the church needs to be aware about. Mm -hmm. And maybe 
not from the pulpit and you know <laughs> in a Sunday sermon, but yeah. in a small group conference or in educate. one of these things where you can educate Absolutely. everyone about that. So in reference to this of you know millennials feeling tired of you blaming the culture, I do feel that if you're projecting the negative effects of the culture mm -hmm. and if you're letting the culture affect you in a way that's not beneficial for your spiritual life and for your you know physical well-being for your mental and emotional state then i feel as if the church if the church is talking about it mm -hmm. and is you know bringing it up and you hear maybe it's not from the pastor but from church members themselves then I feel maybe you should consider what they're saying. If they always, you know, mention you're always on your phone and you're never, you know, involved. Oh, well, that's how it is in this time. Everyone's always on their phone and they're never face to face. But if that's the true, the truth, mm -hmm. and if you're in a down, you know, with a group of people from your church and everyone's talking, but you're on your phone. That's a problem. That's a problem. So again, don't say the church, they don't understand the culture. They don't, this is how we are nowadays. No, put the phone down, have mm -hmm. a conversation with someone face to face. And it's funny because I have, I have a pet peeve when it comes to cell phones and services, um, which is, you know, the, the service can be awesome and the spirit of God is flowing amazingly and maybe they're leading worship or the devotional and it's great. But everybody and their grandmother pulls out their cell phone to live stream and it's you see a wave of cell phones worshiping god but the individual themselves is not in the moment it's not in the service because they're too busy making sure that you know the phone is focused or that they're you know zooming in to the person <laughs> who's crying in the presence of god right which and you shouldn't be doing no it's it's like that's you know, a private moment it's absolutely you, you it's and your friends don't need moment. to be seeing that no and it's like you know and it's so distracting and you know we have a lot of churches where their setup is that they have you know maybe all the deacons on the altar you know they have all of them like sitting in the altar and stuff like that which is awesome and it's great and it's beautiful to see all the leadership of the church at the front but when everyone in the front has their cell phone pulled out live streaming i i find that highly distracting like it's more important for you to pull your phone out and live stream what's happening in the service than for you to actually be engaged in the right. service and i mean there's a similar this reminds me of something i saw a few years back and all of those very strict christian individuals out there will probably not like this but <laughs> there was uh, a concert beyonce was giving yeah. and she was in the middle of singing you know one of her songs and she put the mic to one of the people in the crowd yeah but he had his phone out yeah so he was looking at her through his phone and didn't know like what part of the song she was on or so anything. He couldn't sing it. So he couldn't sing it. So she got mad yeah. and actually told him, put your phone down. I'm yeah. right in front of you. Live in the moment. Absolutely. I'm right here. You can't, you know, sing the song because you're too busy looking at me through a lens. Yes. I'm right in front of you. You know, and yes. as crazy as that example is, you know, it's but so true within the church. How many times has maybe God said that to people? Like you came here looking for a blessing. You came here wanting me to speak to you, wanting me, you know, to to make a change in your life. But you're so focused on your phone and ping and like live streaming what's happening that you're not listening to me. I'm here with my arms wide open waiting for you to just run into them. But you're too busy recording what the person next to you is doing. Right. And also now looking at the church leadership or worship leaders who now know that this is a problem. What are the worship leaders doing when in their services mm -hmm. all of this is happening? 
you know, I know Christine DeClario, you know, everyone in the Spanish Pentecostal realm knows her. And yes. I'm sure beyond that American, yeah. realm, you know, she's broken a lot of those barriers. But in her concerts, she already knows people are going to be recording. Yeah. She knows that. She allows them to record first three, four songs that are usually upbeat to get the crowd going. And then she tells everyone, okay, take your pictures now. She poses. <laughs> she does all of that. And yeah. she says, because now we're going to enter into worship. Yes. So now this has nothing to do with me, yes. but has everything to do with your need yes. and what you're going through, what God can do for you in this moment. Absolutely. And you don't want to live that moment through the screen. Yes. And nine, nine out of ten times, the church already has a system set up where they're going to live stream the service or record it you can get that after the service or share the link if you yeah. want your friends and followers to see yeah, the service absolutely. share the link yes so you don't need to be one of the 500 recording the same thing that's already being recorded if the church already has a system set up where they're live streaming or whatever you know before the service starts you want to post the link hey guys you know tune into our service today here's the link do that close the phone, put it down, and enjoy the service. That's what we came, you come to church for. You come to church to seek God, seek his presence. You come here to worship him, give him your all. Do that. Take advantage of those opportunities because God forbid, because you were so involved in your phone, you missed a blessing that was coming your way. Or God forbid, you're not given the opportunity to come to church. Maybe, you know, God forbid you get sick and then you're stuck at a hospital. And now you're the only thing you do is see live stream video services. And you're like, man, I wish I was able to go, you know, to church and be there in person. Uh, but when you were there in person, you weren't even living the experience. Right. So, I mean, all of these things that we're talking about are great conversations to be had. If you're listening and you feel like you can relate to this again let your voice be heard don't take the rebellious attitude and rebellious spirit to just kind of revolt against everything yeah. and not want to go to church and not want to experience this because again there are things that we go through in our jobs our schools that we don't like mm -hmm. the systems are not perfect we don't like the rules we don't like the limits that we're given but we go through with it yeah you, you follow the rules, you abide by the laws that are put in the establishment, and because you want a paycheck or because you want that degree, uh, you do what they ask you to do. Right. And in this case, it's like, I want eternal life. I, <laughs> I want, want to see Jesus. <laughs> I want to see God face yeah, to face. Yeah. So I'm just going to go through these things and be obedient. Yes. Because that's where it falls into your obedience. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And, you know, you're never, full disclosure, there's never going to be a perfect church. Just like they won't be a perfect job, yeah. a perfect relationship, yes. a perfect school, no. a perfect college experience. No, everything in life takes work. It's a work in progress. There'll be things about it that you don't like, but you have to have the maturity and the ability to understand that, you know what? I'm never going to find something perfect. Let me make this work. Now, if you're in a situation where it's absolutely not working, then, okay, relocate yourself to somewhere, but go there knowing it's still not going to be perfect. You're, there's still going to be things that you maybe don't agree with 100% or you maybe, you know, would do things differently than the way they do it. But because you know that your salvation and your relationship with God is important, you go to these places and you're like, you know what? I feel like God wants me to be here. So let me abide by the rules of the establishment of the church, of the you know congregation, and let's do what God is calling us to do. 
definitely. I mean, this is definitely a long conversation that yeah. we can have. And there's so many other points. I mean, I think we're going to have to split this yeah, yeah, into yeah. like another podcast or we can do this. So in the next one, we'll yes. definitely be talking a little bit more about this. If you have any personal experiences or stories or something that you went through or something that you heard or, you know, you have a question related yeah. to this and millennials leaving the church. And maybe you're one of these people who feel this way or have encountered these feelings. Um, you can definitely let us know your story. Email us, godlifeculture at gmail.com. Yes. Send us your questions, send us your comments, your story, and um, we can definitely look at it, discuss some of those points, and we want to hear from you. Yeah. This is an important topic, important conversations that need to be had. Yeah, and send us specifics. If there are specific situations or scenarios that you've been in and don't know if you handled the situation well or if the situation was handled well and you want to hear our opinion on it, email us at godlifeculture at gmail.com and we'll definitely be able to uh give you what we think um about that situation and as always we want to say thank you for tuning in and listening to this week's episode of god life culture i always like to say it twice god life culture, culture. and uh, we love you and if there's anyone out there that thinks that there's no one listening to them or there's no one that cares about them we're here for you we love you email us if you need us to you know pray with you you want to send us petitions something that you would like us to pray about or whatever go ahead feel free to do that that's what we're here for we're here to serve you until next time god bless everyone <laughs>